Hello, thank you for downloading the What I Witness podcast. In this episode, you'll hear four fantastic stories told by two narrators. The first story is titled The Crimson Woman, witnessed by two brothers in Evergreen, Colorado. The account of the story is told by Tim. The last three stories titled The Boy, Shadow Man, and The Creature are told by Joseph Carrasco. The occurrences happened around San Antonio, Texas. Joseph is a fellow podcaster who was gracious enough to tell me his stories. He will shout out his show and music at the end of the podcast. But first, I'd like to discuss the last episode, which was narrated by my father, mother, and sister. Even though that occurrence happened over 30 years ago, it still brings up trauma. My mother's account sparked my father's memories that he had lost throughout the years. My father's story had the same effect on my mother and sister. My mother especially had a hard time reliving the story. She forced herself to listen to the story from beginning to end. She posted her feelings on Facebook and I left a small reply. She messaged me back immediately because she was still in the middle of the podcast. She sent me some photos of herself. Her face was red and sweaty. Her eyes were bloodshot and swollen from all of the tears she had shed. She also scribbled out a picture of what she remembered the woman looking like. The PTSD that my father and mother still have from this story is still very real. The photo of my mom's sketch will be posted on the What I Witness Facebook and Instagram pages. Now on to the stories. This is Tim, and this is what I witnessed. I was about 13 years old, um, living in Evergreen, Colorado, um, high up in the foothills. Um, was uh, was about 5 to 5.30 in the morning. Um, there was nothing but dirt roads, and we actually had got a um, carpool down to the bus stop, which is at the bottom of the mountain. Oh, it was my my brother and I, my brother Tommy and I. Um, so we we were out walking um, down this dirt road uh, to our um, neighbor's house, which is my brother's friend's mom's house, and uh, it was very like it was really windy at the time. Um, a lot of dirt was was blowing everywhere. Um, it was almost like a dust storm, um, and. Uh, we just you did what we did as usual, just uh, go to the vehicle, wait for them to come outside, and and from there we get the ride down the mountain. But this particular morning was different. Um, it was a early models uh, Ford Bronco. Uh, we were just waiting in the car, and um, as we were waiting, um, we were... Uh, we seen the uh, the screen door fly open, and all of a sudden we seen this like it was like a black it was like a black dot um, at first, and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. It was like it was almost like a the best way to describe it was like a black hole or like a black like a portal. Um, and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, uh, this woman appears. Uh, probably, I would say, in her probably mid thirties, very pale looking. Um, and she's levitating off the ground. I'd say about, um, probably about a foot off the ground or so. Um, 
and she has brown hair. It's like styled, it's curled, uh, real fancy. Um, she had this crimson red dress on. It was like as if she was just there, you know. Um, uh, she just looked sickly, though. Um, she didn't have normal eyes. Um, there were just like two, like two holes, just two blank holes, and uh, her her head was kind of tilted. Um, and and as we're seeing this, um, tapping my brother on his leg, and I'm like, Tommy, Tommy, are you are you seeing this? And he's like, Yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, we're I'm definitely <laughs> definitely seeing this. Uh, and she just had us in like a trance, like uh, like we were just stuck. Our eyes were just stuck on her the whole time, and uh, and she she pointed at us, um, and uh, like she began to like kind of come towards us. It was, and that's when like our hearts were like both racing, and I know my brother was like shaking. His hands were shaking, and we were both pretty scared. And then. Uh, that's when uh, his friend's mom came out, and she came out, and like the door just started started uh, to open. So that's when the the door, the screen door, slammed shut, and then she just disappeared. And that was the end of that. <laughs> that's something I'll I'll never forget. My name is Joseph Carrasco, and this is what I witnessed. Back around 2006, 2007, um, I was living with my uh, mom, and it was her second house that she had bought. And we were located in a part of Texas that was just outside of San Antonio. And out, out the outskirts of San Antonio is kind of like hill country based. There's not a lot of stuff. It's a lot of little small towns. And the house that we had uh, purchased at the time was a little three-bedroom house on a one-way street. It was a really small housing area. And when we moved in, you know, we thought this was like the coolest house ever. And nothing really seemed crazy about this house when we first moved into it. I have a buddy that I was growing up with, um, and he needed a place to stay. And he came over to me and was like, hey, man, do you mind if I you know, stay with you and your mom for a little while. I got kicked out of my house. Um, I, I could, you know, use a place to sleep. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. Let me talk to my mom and, and I'll see what's going on. And uh, I talked to my mom. She was okay with it. She knew who he was. And, you know, my mom was real cool. I always had friends over at my house. Uh, the house that we had prior to that was a bigger, bigger house. And I used to have 15, 20 kids over there at one time, you know, just all over the place. We were, we were that house. So that's when my buddy came to, came to me. He moves in. Now, the thing about my buddy is he has a special aura about him. He used to work uh, as a waiter at a restaurant. And when he was working there one day, uh, a gentleman grabbed his wrist when he walked by him and said, Hey, man, um, you don't know me and I don't know you, but there's something about you that's special. And my friend was like, uh, Oh, okay. Uh, he goes, do you have encounters with the spirit world a lot? Like, do you do you feel like you're being watched a lot or followed or, you know, like things move around a lot? 
And he's like, yeah, I have actually been a part of a lot of that stuff. And he's like, interesting. He's like, there's something about your aura that the spirits like to connect themselves to you. And, of course, my friend's like, thanks, jerk. You know, like, oh, man, all right, I guess. Like, that's not something I want to hear. But I didn't know this when my buddy moved in, that this conversation had taken place. So when my buddy moved in, weird things started happening at my house. And uh, we couldn't explain what was actually going on. Uh, the first in instance of something weird happening was one night I was in my room. And I had my dog who recently passed away, uh, rest in peace. But she was a quiet dog. She didn't bark. She didn't growl. She was a lazy dog. She slept pretty much all day. Me and her are laying on my bed. I'm watching uh, Family Guy. And I had in my room a closet door that was kind of like the aluminum sliding doors. So you had to slide it to, to get your clothes out. And they were pretty loud. So when you would close them, they made like a kind of rumbling sound. Well, as I'm watching TV, my buddy's in his room, which is across the hall. So the way our the house was designed was my bedroom and his bedroom were on the right side of the house. And there was a hallway that connected our our, our bedrooms with a bathroom in the middle between the two, the two bedrooms. As I'm watching TV, out of nowhere, a loud bang, like someone with a flat hand smacked the closet door. Now, I didn't have anything in that closet other than clothes, so there was nothing that could have fell and hit the door with that type of force. My dog jumps up, starts growling, starts barking in that direction. I get up. I look in my closet. There's nothing there. I figured maybe a raccoon or maybe a, a rat or something had gotten in, into the closet. Nothing. I go and I lay down. A few seconds later, my friend walks into the room, eyes super wide. Says, bro, did you hear that? I was like, you heard that? That big, loud smack? And he said, no, that was in my room. Something smacked my closet door. I was like, dude, something slapped my door, too. That's crazy. So we were both kind of spooked out. He goes back to his room. And I turn up the TV really loud, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch Family Guy. I'm going to laugh and try to act like nothing happened. Fall asleep. Next day, we wake up, and we're kind of talking about the whole situation. He then informs me that he had been having dreams prior to this happening. And he had told me that he had a dream about a little boy who had died in the house that we were living in. The crazy thing about this story was he mentions a cousin of mine, which he had never met. And he describes my cousin. And I believe at the time, too, I had a picture of my cousin. And I showed him the picture of my cousin. He goes, yeah, that's the guy. Kind of eerie, considering he's never actually met my cousin. But my cousin was in his dreams. And so how the dream went was he basically said, this little boy had passed away in the house, and my cousin had asked him, hey, man, do you know about the little boy that haunts this house? And my buddy's like, no, what about him? He's like, well, he's a little boy that haunts the house, and he lives in the bathroom. And he always likes to play tricks. So it kind of freaked my friend out, and when he told me, it freaked me out. 
after he told that story, for the next, I want to say, three months, every time we went out and did something, every time we came home, my dog would be locked in the bathroom. And we always made sure that the bathroom door was closed and my dog was nowhere near there when we left. But every time we came home, dog was locked in the bathroom. The scariest thing that ever happened at that house, and the most unexplained one, was a few months later, we were sitting in the living room, and it was broad daylight. We're watching Jerry Springer, and we're watching some episode about this guy talking about how he can see people's auras and whatnot. And as we're watching it, my front door swings open. My mom had my mom would go to work about three o'clock in the morning, so it wasn't from her not shutting the door properly because if she wouldn't have shut the door properly, it would have opened much much earlier. So I walk over to the front door, I open it. Hello, you know, is anybody out here? And uh, there's nobody outside. I close the door, and right as I'm closing the front door, the garage door opens. Now, at first glance, I figured, well, maybe it was just the draft. But the way that the door was uh, positioned is when you close the front door, the, cl- the garage door actually would open towards the, uh, the, the front door. And so it would have had to been a really strong gust of wind to, to, to pull it open. Um, we go into the garage, and my buddy had a cat. And I didn't mention the cat earlier, but he had a cat named Toki. It was a black cat. And this cat was always getting stuck in the garage, in the attic, in the garage. It would get up there, but it would never be able to get down. And when we opened the door, the cat was stuck in the attic again. So we had to go up there and get the cat. Once we brought the cat down, the cat took off running straight into the house and wanted nothing to do with the garage after that. (laughs) Super unexplainable. Don't know what was in that house. Um, periodically in the kitchen, things would move around. Spoons would get thrown off the counter. Cups would break. Sink would turn on. A bunch of random, random stuff throughout the time. Once my friend left, the thing that was there didn't stop. It was still going on, but it wasn't as frequent. We eventually sold the house, and we moved out of it. When we moved out, we would always periodically drive by the house. And there was always a different car in the driveway. There was always a different U-Haul in the driveway about every three to four months. So whatever was in that house, I believe, is still there. And it, it it's making residents leave because people are, are constantly leaving. Um, that may not be the case. Why? But... To this day, I still believe that's why. <laughs> and every now and then, I'll drive by that area to see if anybody lives there. And the last two times that I drove by, the house looked run down and the grass was really tall. So I don't think they've been able to put anybody in that house here recently. Um, and that was my first genuine encounter with something that was unexplainable, some type of spirit. My second story comes when I met my uh, now wife and mother of two. 
when we were dating, she was living with her aunt. Her aunt had a townhome. And it was a two-story townhome. And it had three bedrooms that were upstairs. Downstairs, you had a living room. And you had a dining room. It was an open floor plan. Not a lot of walls. Not a lot of privacy. One night, we're sitting there. And it's just me and her. Uh, her aunt owned a, owned a bar at the time. And so she was working at the bar. Her son was over at her, his grandma's house. So it was basically a night for me and the wife to just hang out and watch movies. She had the night off. She also worked at the bar, but she had that night off that night. So we're sitting down. We're watching movies. Now, I had known about the aunt experiencing a lot of crazy dark things throughout her life. She had told me many stories about dark things in her past. Um, one of the darkest ones was that one of her ex-husbands, who is now deceased, um, she said that she had an, a, a, a vision of a demon basically picking up her dead husband and fully eating him. And uh, she would get this vision a lot. And this demon, whatever it was, was following her around. She would see that, would, and it would always do that. Would, like Loved ones would always it, it, basically eat uh, her loved ones. And she would have these weird images. Um, is she crazy? Probably. Don't know. <laughs> so I knew that that was a thing. That type of energy was within that house with the person that lived there. So we're sitting down watching a movie. And out of nowhere, I hear walking above us. Now, all three bedrooms are upstairs on the second floor. When I first started staying at my aunt, at my girlfriend's aunt's house, she didn't like the idea of me sleeping in the same bed with my girlfriend when we first started dating. So if I stayed the night, for the first couple of weeks, I slept in the spare room. The spare room happened to be right over the living room, right where we were sitting. The, footprint, the footsteps that we heard were super heavy. It sounded like a, a man wearing boots, almost like work boots. It, it wasn't light steps. That's why we were able to notice it. And mind you, we were watching a movie. We heard it over the TV. So I pause the movie, and we both look up. I'm like, did you hear that? And she's like, yeah. So we got real quiet. Nothing. We started playing the movie again. We started hearing the walking as soon as the movie starts, so we pause it again. Now, the second time, the walking continued after I paused the movie. So I hop up, being the guy running towards danger like I am, like a, the, the dummy that I am. I get up, and I run up the steps. As soon as I run up the steps, I start turning all the lights on upstairs. Who's up here? Who's up here? Because in my mind, I'm not thinking ghost. In my mind, I'm thinking someone's broken into the house. Someone's trying to steal something. So I'm upstairs. I'm rummaging through all the rooms, checking all the rooms. When I'm in the spare room, I notice the temperature dropped. It was very, very cold. Now, I'm a man that likes a cold house. My own personal house is about 65 degrees, always. But I noticed a significant drop because her aunt kept her AC at about 72, 73. In this room, it felt like it was in the low 60s. I open the closet door. I look under the bed. I don't find anything. 
So as I'm standing in the room, I basically tell whatever it is in this room that it's not welcome and that it needs to leave. For the rest of the night, we had no problems. But fast forward to literally three days later. My wife is at work. Her aunt's at work. I had off that day from my actual job. So I stayed over at their house and waited for them to come home because they would get home about three o'clock in the morning. And I was off the next two days. So I went over there and was just hanging out at the house and I was gonna catch some Z's. As I'm sleeping in the room, the hallway lights on, the bedroom door is closed. And I was actually sleeping in my girlfriend's bedroom. I wasn't in the spare room this time. I was in, in her bedroom sleeping on her bed and her bed was in the center. So when you walk up the steps, as soon as you go up, get up to the top step, right in front of you is the master bedroom. Then if you turn to the right, you have the other two bedrooms, and then there's a bathroom um, on the far right of the second bedroom. Well, hers was the one in the middle. So as soon as you turn right, it's that first, first bedroom. I'm asleep, and I have my back towards the door, and I get awoken. And I was already kind of lightly sleeping. I wasn't in a heavy sleep. And I remember that very clearly. I wasn't in a deep sleep. So it wasn't a dream. And I had my back turned and I could feel like someone was watching me. I felt a presence. So I roll over and I look towards the door. Now, mind you, it's completely dark in the bedroom. The hallway light's on. That's the only light that's on in the entire upstairs area. And as I look at the door... I notice at the very bottom of the crack, I see a shadow of what looks like a man standing on the other side of the door. Again, not thinking anything paranormal at the time, I think it's my uh, girlfriend's uncle, who also was part of the owner of the bar, was coming by just to check on the house. And I figured maybe he didn't know I was there and he's just doing a house check. So as I look... At the door, I yell his name, and I hear nothing. And I said, hey, man, it's just me. It's Joseph. I'm just here, you know, crashing until the girls get home, watching over the house. Everything's good. Still nothing. So I just watch, and I see this feet slowly turn to the right and walk towards the spare bedroom, the bedroom that I used to sleep in. I get up. I open the door. At this point, I'm thinking, nah, now he's just he's breaking my balls. I walk over to the spare bedroom. I turn the light on. There's no one there. To this day, I still don't know who was there. I brought it up to him and asked him, hey, man, did you come to the house? Nah, oh, man, I was at the bar the whole time. So I don't know if somebody was in the house or if it was a spirit. But whatever it was, I know for a fact that I wasn't alone in that house. <clears throat> I later found out that next door, uh, a child, I think he was a teenage boy, um, was trying to play a prank on his parents and ended up killing himself on accident. Um, so it was an accidental suicide uh, or accidental death. I, don't wanna, I guess we can call it suicide because he didn't mean to kill himself, but uh, a, a young teenager had died in the house right next to where we were. 
So I don't know if that has anything to do with playing into that, but um, it was a very creepy situation. <laughs> and the last story I want to leave you with is something that happened that I still can't explain to this day. It was probably the creepiest situation I've ever been a part of, and it was the only time that I actually ever was scared. It happened to me when I was probably about, I want to say, 17, 18 years old. Maybe I might have been a little bit younger. But my aunt used to live out in the hill country in Texas. And she lived in a little town. And in this little town, you had basically a main, main road. It was a main street, uh, although it wasn't called main street, but it was just the main road that housed everything. Her apartment complex was right across the street from a police station. This apartment complex was very, very small. The way it was designed was it had basically a U-shaped type of road. So you had your main road, and when you pull in into the apartments, there's the road that cuts through the apartment buildings, and then it comes out to the same main road. And the reason why I tell you that is it's important as far as the area which we were standing in. My aunt's apartment building was positioned, we'll call the island. There's a, an island of, of apartment buildings that were between the main road and that road that cuts through the apartments, the U-shaped road, we'll call. So across from the main road, you had the police station, then you had the island, and then on the other side of the island, you had a kitty park which also housed a couple of uh, apartment buildings as well. And those apartment buildings were um, one story, like almost like little condos. It was a ghetto apartment complex. There was a lot of killings and a lot of death that took place in, those, in that area, um, like in the 80s and mid-90s. So it wasn't the safest area. <laughs> and... Where the kitty park was, behind the kitty park, it was an open field. This open field had one house. And the house kind of looked like what you would typically find in a zombie movie or a post-apocalyptic movie. Think little farmhouse with an old couple that lived in it. That's basically what it was. An old couple owned this little house. They even had a windmill. I mean, total... Hollywood-looking type style, what you would think Texas would look like. That's that's what it was. It was an open field. The playground itself was very small. It just had a, set, a, a, a swing set with about six swings on it, and then it had a seesaw. And then right in the middle, between the seesaw and the swing set, there was a dome, that those little metal domes that kids used to just climb on. And the only light source that you got in that playground was one light, one street light that just hung over, which literally only lit up the swing and the dome. You couldn't really even see the seesaw. So one night, I'm over at my aunt's, and I'm visiting my cousin, and her boyfriend, who is now her husband, was there as well. We used to like going hanging outside. We hang out there, smoke cigarettes, drink beer, drink liquor, you know, play Selena and whatnot. 
this particular night, it was about, I want to say 11, 12 o'clock at night. We hadn't started drinking yet. We went outside. We each had a beer. We had the 12-pack the on, the, on the trunk of my aunt's car. We open our beers, and we start drinking our first beer. We light up our cigarettes, and we just start shooting the shit. As we're talking, my cousin notices a fog start to build. The interesting thing about this fog is the fog is only over the playground. And my cousin points that out. So we start looking over across the street by where the police station is. It's a clear night. There were no clouds, which is kind of rare for Texas. But we were in the hill country, so you could see the stars. No fog. We look over to the left, over to the other apartment building. No fog. I walk out a little bit over to the right just to check to see if maybe the fog was coming in from the, the right side flowing into the back. No fog. So we start focusing our, our energy on that playground. And as we watch it, we start seeing the fog get thicker and thicker and thicker. So me and my cousin's boyfriend start walking over to the playground. When we walk over to the playground, we notice a significant temperature drop. There was no breeze that night, yet it was cool. So we start standing there and we're like, what the hell's going on, man? Like, this is, this is, this is a little abnormal. As we're standing there, we start hearing rustling in the field. Now, not rustling like it maybe be a, a mouse running through or something like that. Like, it was an intentional, something was watching us. We start looking in the, in the grass. And at this point, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid. I'm like, yo, bro, let's just, let's go back over to the car. Let's just keep drinking. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking it's probably some type of mountain lion or a coyote or, or something. Like, let's just, let's just head back. My cousin being, my cousin's boyfriend being the guy he is, he's like, nah, let's see what it is, man. And let me preface it, this dude's pretty cholo. So he's, it was more like, nah, dude, let's check it out, man. So we start walking up to the grass, and we hear a low rumble-type growl. So at this point, I'm convinced it's an animal. I start moving away. My cousin moves back a little bit. We go back to the car, and we're like, okay, it's probably just an animal. So we start smoking again, try to finish the first beer that we had. But we kept feeling the presence of something. We kept feeling like something was watching us. And no matter how much we tried to ignore it, no matter how much we tried to joke and laugh and pretend like nothing was there, something kept calling to us. So my cousin's boyfriend, his attention starts to shift again, starts going towards that. As we look at the field again, the fog seems to be condensing itself in one area of the field, which again starts to gain our curiosity. 
So we walk back to the playground. And when we walk back to the playground, we hear this light humming. Almost like a child or maybe a young woman. We walk closer up to the grass. And as we walk up to the grass, my cousin freaks out because he said he saw two red eyes come through the grass and look directly at him and hiss. He had a rock in his hand. He throws it. He said some stuff in Spanish that I don't know. He took off running. I'm not going to question seeing my cousin run. I took off running. We take off. We run straight into the apartment. We left the beers on the car and everything. Once we get inside, we tell my aunt what we saw, what was going on. Being the spiritual, superstitious Mexican abuelita that she is, um, she started praying, and she made us pray with her. So there we are, standing in the living room, praying out loud. After we prayed, a sense of calmness came about us and in the room. About 20 minutes later, we go back outside. Um, our nicotine uh, addiction kind of got the better of us, and we wanted to smoke, <laughs> smoke a cigarette again. So we go outside, and we walk back to the car where the beers were. And we noticed that the fog is gone, and the temperature is back to normal, and it felt like it did when we first walked out there. So I, to this day, don't know what it was that was watching us, but I'm convinced that it was something other than an animal based on all the actions that had taken place with the fog, with the praying, all that type of stuff. Now, growing up, I wasn't a very religious person. As I've gotten older, now that I have kids, I've gotten more into having my own personal relationship with religion. And I think that my personal relationship with that has allowed me to steal, steer clear of a lot of dark energy that could be part of my life. And I've always remembered that prayer session that I had with my aunt and with my cousins. And I've always used that um, whenever I come across something that doesn't make sense, that doesn't seem like it's spiritual, but has more of a dark tone to it. With the knowledge that I've had and with the brazenness that is me, I don't come across these things very often. But one of the things that I have realized within these situations is that if you stand your ground, a lot of the times these things will go away. Um, a lot of my friends have had really crazy encounters as well. And same thing, they've stood their ground and those things had tend to just kind of go about their business. So those are the three stories that I have had that have personally happened to me. I hope they entertained you. And uh, if you'd like to hear more from me, I also have my own podcast, which is called The Cognitive Discourse. It's an open forum, non-judgmental podcast. 
I'm also in a band called Among War. This is my solo project. And both my podcast and my band can be found on Spotify and all the major uh, streaming services. Thank you for downloading the What I Witness podcast. If you have a story that you'd like to tell, email us at whatiwitnessed at gmail.com. W-A-T-E-Y-E-W-I-T-N-E-S-S-E-D at gmail.com.